Greetings in our Lord Jesus Christ and welcome to Christ Church of Livingston County Teaching Ministry. Christ Church is a member of the Communion of Reformed Evangelical Churches, Tyndale Presbytery. The following audio recording is from a Covenant Renewal Liturgy at Christ Church. We trust you will be edified and ministered to by the Holy Spirit through this audio recording. Hear God's Word. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. One thing to note here this evening is that the Gospels describe the events of Holy Week. We've read extensively from John tonight. They, those Gospel accounts give some explanation, especially when they quote the Old Testament. But it's important to look to the New Testament letters, the epistles, which explained further the meaning of what happened on the cross. It's uh, often a custom to read extensively from the Gospels at a Good Friday or a Monday Thursday service and then to have a meditation from the epistles. That's what we're doing tonight. Paul, in Romans 5, is comparing what Adam did in the garden to what Jesus did on the cross. And if you read the whole passage, there's a whole grammatical contortion he grows, goes through to say it, it's similar in one way, but it's drastically different in another. And we won't look at all that tonight, just three points tonight. First, Jesus was the man that Adam was supposed to be. Jesus was the man Adam was supposed to be. Uh, so Paul describes the one man's offense. And he's talking there about Adam, Adam's offense at the tree. We say it in, ever since New England times. In Adam's fall, we sinned all. Right? In Adam's fall, all mankind fell into condemnation. And Paul speaks of that right there, resulting in condemnation. But Jesus' righteous act at the tree, on the tree, was brought the free gift that comes to result in justification. So there's a connection there between Adam's tree and Jesus' tree. And it's a fascinating typological connection to consider. Adam used the tree that God said no to for him. Adam used that tree for his own pleasure. Jesus took the tree that God had cursed, the cross, and he went on it to take the curse on himself. The exact opposite, in a sense. And just to continue from the past weeks, my consistent remez every service so far, there's, there's a very obvious and very familiar remez that we all know here that Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right? And I printed out in the bulletin tonight, uh, Psalm 22 on the next page. And you see, that's the very first line of that psalm that Jesus quotes. It's an extensive, rich remez, a hint, a cross-reference. If, if you see the underlined lines especially, you see the connection to Jesus' 
crucifixion. I'm a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. This is all exactly fulfilled at the crucifixion of Christ. Further down, they have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. For my clothing they cast lots. Specific fulfillment. Further down at the very end, I think the last line too is a a bit of a, a, a connection. They will proclaim, come and proclaim God's righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. Jesus says at the end, it is finished. So Jesus quotes Psalm 22, and what he's showing there, uh, primarily the first two-thirds of that psalm, is the condemnation that men bring upon him. And it's, it's a picture of the condemnation, the curse that Jesus takes on himself at the cross. Well, back to that uh, connection between Adam and Jesus. Instead of taking the fruit for himself like Adam did, Jesus trusts God's word. He says no to the serpent. He denies himself for now. He does what God wants. See how that's all opposite of what Adam did in the garden. Jesus was the man Adam was supposed to be. He's a fruit bearer. A fruit bearer. When they come to uh, break the legs of, of those who were crucified to make sure they were dead, to make sure they couldn't survive anymore. They don't break Jesus' legs because they see he's already dead. So they pierce his side instead. Blood and water flow out. John's the only one who mentions that because John's the the typological, the theological one. What does it mean that blood and water come out? Those are, those are signs of life and of life giving to us. Every, every week on the Lord's table on Sundays, we have the fruit of the vine to show this. Jesus hangs from a tree. He himself, the vine, we're the branches. And by his crucifixion, fruit flows out to us. And so we have the fruit of the vine every week. We have the baptismal font that shows the water. Jesus was a fruit bearer. Adam was a fruit taker. You see, Jesus was the man Adam was supposed to be. That's the first point tonight. Second, Jesus was the man that you were supposed to be. And this is closely connected. We are sons of Adam. Each of us has failed track records. We fall short, like Adam did, and we stand condemned for that. But at the cross, God has removed the condemnation from his people. Jesus took it on himself, trusting that God would account our sins to him, trusting that God would account his righteousness to us. It's really striking, I find it amazing, that we need to believe that same thing. The same thing that Jesus believed, that Jesus was looking to the Father for as he went to the cross. We need to believe the same thing. That being the man we were supposed to be makes a difference before God. Jesus is that man. Jesus goes to the cross and he believed it. And he goes to the cross because he loved you so much. He trusted the Father would bring you to him. 
So the question is, what will you do because you believe? Jesus went to the cross because he believed that. We believe the same thing. What will we do? See, that's, this is part of why we call this Good Friday. Because of the effect that this has on us. Our sins are forgiven. Yes. The righteousness of God imputed to us. Hallelujah. And we didn't do anything to make it happen, by the way. It was done for us. Amen. And now, faith doesn't just receive passively, it also responds actively. People need to know about this. I need to use what I have to serve him, not just myself. It's like if you go to a a dinner party and the hostess has spent hours preparing a meal, a feast for you, and and you gather around and it's, it's glorious, and you gather together, you don't spend the whole evening focusing on the work, the sacrifice of the hostess, right? You don't, you don't sit around the whole night saying, oh, you worked so hard on this. Oh, I should have brought more. Oh, you did so much. Oh, the... No, you take that sacrifice and then you focus on what the effect is to be, right? The fellowship you have together. You tell jokes. You laugh. You make the fellowship rich to honor the sacrifice. That's also what we're called to do. We focus not just on the sacrifice itself, but the result that Jesus was looking for. Restoration of fellowship. Jesus was the man you were supposed to be. So we are called to become the man that Jesus means us to be, the person Jesus means us to be. So what that means as we look at the cross, as we look at Jesus, He took pleasure in doing God's will. Psalm 40 says that. We need to take pleasure in doing God's will, like Jesus did. Don't be like Adam and Eve, who found the fruit pleasing to the eye, so they took it against God's will. Right? Instead, take delight in what God made you to delight in. God is seeking to restore us to the image of himself in Christ. And the cross is the means to do that. So let's honor his sacrifice by taking delight in what God made you to take delight in. A few examples. Marital love between husband and wife. God meant us to take delight in that. Not adultery, not fornication, not pornography. Another example, Sabbath rest on his day. God gave you that to take delight in that. So don't rest all the time. Don't fall into laziness, right? Take delight in the rest God gave you. Don't grab for more. Another example, food and drink. God gives these things to us to take delight in. Feasting with family and friends. So don't take delight in gluttony later by yourself. Take delight in what God has given you to delight in. The most important example, of course, is fellowship with God himself in prayer, in scripture. And there's lots of counterfeits to that in our day. Uh, One is craving the approval, the honor of man instead of God. 
We've seen that in recent years with the whole craving and the pursuit of Facebook likes, for example. But it can be in, come in different forms, career advancement, anything else. No, fellowship with God, God's favor, God's approval, that's what we are to take delight in. John 17, 3 says, eternal life is to know him. Take delight in what God made you to take delight in. God shows us the way at the cross. The main thing is, of course, doing his will. I delight to do your will, Psalm 40 says, speaking of Jesus. So believe that Jesus is the one that God sent to take your sins away. That's the first thing to do, to, believe, to do God's will. Believe Jesus is the one. Believe that this cross is meaningful, not just another crucifixion among thousands in the first century. And besides that, if you think chronologically here about your, your own lifespan, there are several things God is calling us to do. Kids, obey your parents. Work hard to learn your school lessons about God's world. Learn to work. Pursue marriage. Abstain from sexual immorality. Commit to God's people in a church. Love your spouse. Work hard at your job. Be content. Do God's will. Raise your children. Show them how to love God. Show them how you love God. Work for change in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your city, your state, your nation. Pass on a legacy of faithfulness to your grandchildren. Teach them God's stories, God's ways, Psalm 78 says. And we are called also by God's word to grow old and to die in faith, not in fear. Believing that Jesus holds our future, that he holds the future of your family in his loving hands. Believing Jesus is the one God sent to take your sins away. In conclusion, we're doing all of these things because God loved the world. God loved the world by giving his only son on the cross. That whoever believes in him will have life instead of condemnation. And this is important. You have eternal life, but on this earth you have one life. Live it for him. Be the person Jesus means for you to be. Jesus was the faithful image of God where Adam failed. Jesus restores that image to you in God's sight. And that's why this is Good Friday. It is finished. His work can never be undone. And yet our work is just beginning. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio recording from Christ Church of Livingston County. If you would like further information about anything in this recording, the Bible, about Christ Church of Livingston County, or wish to make any other related inquiry, please feel free to contact us through our website, ChristKirkMI.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-K-I-R-K-M-I.com. Again, thank you and blessings.